I want to be as myself as possible, as often as possible. I would say that's my that's my mantra for my life. I I thrive when I'm myself, as everyone does. I make it my mission to try be the best version of myself, but not the best. I'd say the most authentic version of myself, all the time. What's up, everybody? I'm your host Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really, what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, "What is best for me?" The question now must become, "What is best for me and the whole simultaneously?" And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you, so please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. My next guest originally hails from Johannesburg, South Africa. After extensively traveling the world, he finally found his home in Costa Rica in 2012. Following his spiritual path and newfound awareness, he dedicated himself to supporting individuals mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. His passion for health and wellness then led him to start two juice bars and open a retreat company guided towards healing the wounded feminine. Now, his primary quest is to guide men in living consciously and on purpose within all relationships. Kyle Mitri, welcome to being. <laughs> Kyle Mitri, welcome to being. What is going on, my brother? My brother, it is an absolute pleasure, man, to yes, be on this podcast. We're in person too. This is the first time I've ever done this uh, podcast in person. Yeah, man. How it's, exciting! What were we calling it? The Jungle Podcast. That's it, right? You know, and it's, uh, we're on this sick, awesome couch with this like Inca, this Inca blanket. <laughs> we're both cross-legged, like we're meditating. Oh. The Conscious Man Podcast. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, 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 brother. Awesome, brother. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, um, brother. Yeah, our journey, uh, we've sort of crossed paths a number of different times over the years. And honestly, your energy and your positivity, your 
joie de vivre, your, um, your passion for growth and transformation and healing and consciousness has really been palpable and inspiring to me. So this is a, a real honor to have this opportunity to dive deep with you and just get into it and, you know, re- have a real conversation. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Yeah, totally. So th- typically I prepare fairly well for my podcast. This one, I sort of left it wide open. Which is exciting and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, I think you know, it's funny, like dialing in more of what what I do and what I offer, and I'm sure the same with you, is kind of like, you know, you want your key points. But at yeah. this, lately I've been feeling just kind of an expansion to just go deep on so many topics. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's just important to just let it flow. Totally. You know what I mean? Give it space and see what comes up. Yeah, right? yeah, just yeah. be present. Something a little bit more real and authentic. Totally. Yeah, 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 brother. Rather than scripted. Exactly. That's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, one of my mentors in, uh, who was on my last podcast, Jessica Ann, talks about it as the fast media, like being the you know, mainstream media, um, you know, pop music, all that stuff is just like snap, snap, snap. Yeah. Rather than slow media, which is more what this is, like uh, podcasting, where you just get to dive in and have a conversation, no time limit. It's just beautiful. So, yeah, I'm I, excited. I, I did owe that 100%. <laughs> totally. Slow media, I like that actually. Right? It sounds really slow cool. Slow media, it's like yeah. chill, let's have an authentic conversation. Yeah, I, I immediately relate that to, you know, when everyone's, especially like coaches and facilitators, it's yeah. kind of like they're always on their phone to be like, how can every moment be yeah. a, a piece of content? Yeah, right. And it's kind of going back to, it shouldn't. Yeah. You know, content should be put out when you want with slowness and yeah. with intention yeah. as opposed to constant, actually never keeps you present. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Hell yeah. Awesome, man. Brother. Well, yeah, this is awesome. So for the people that are not familiar with you, who is Kyle Mitri? Okay, that's a great question. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Kyle Mitri is, man, I feel like he is a wave of love and connection. Mm. You know, I, I love and I think my purpose is to connect and be connected with and connected to on all levels. Mm. I think that describes me best as, as kind of who I am. Mm. You know, I really genuinely just love people. I love love. I love connection. It's something that just, it always invigorates me and inspires mm. me when I see love. It mm. inspires me when I see those, you know, those old couples holding hands. It inspires me when mm. I connect with new humans. It inspires me when I connect with myself and I realize the growth that I'm going through and, and the things that I work on. So, um, this well, this leads into kind of you know where I'm at yeah. right now, which is this human connection specialist is Ooh, what I'm calling myself. Human I, connection I'm, specialist. I'm owning that shit Ooh, on your I love podcast. It. Right. Did Dude. you just anoint yourself on this podcast? I did. I just anointed myself. <laughs> That's a yeah. fist pump to that. What's up? Dude? What's up, brother? Fuck yeah, I love yeah. that human so, connection specialist. Yeah, and it feels comfortable, and it feels like it's very much in line with who I am. So yeah. I'm gonna own that shit. I totally agree, and that's I couldn't have said it better if I, somebody asked me how to describe you. Thank you. But man. So yeah. let's unpack that a bit, though. What does that mean to you? What is a human connection specialist? Man, you know, throughout my entire life, I've always loved to connect to the culture mm. of where I'm at. Mm. You know, the languages, the culture, the people, in all ways, shape and form. As you adjust the mic, thank yeah. you. Love you, brother. <laughs> and for me, what it's done is it's this connection not only to myself through the growth that I 
that I go through mm. and that I love, which is essentially the first point of connection is myself. Totally. And having my first, I would say, dive into this was my spirit, my spiritual awakening, mm. which happened when I arrived in Costa Rica. Mm. You know, and for me, it was always, I knew there was something deeper. I knew there was something more to my life. I knew there were things that I did when mm. I was, you know, 9, 10, 11, writing in a journal and you know, thinking life is a game and it's, and it's playful and it's fun and, there's, and it's at my fingertips mm. to then be, I would say, programmed out of it mm. because I didn't have that environment that really catered to that, right? So as I came here is when I went through my first, holy shit, now I understand, you know, energy and frequency and what does this mm. mean? And I've had people around me who's, you know, helped guide me and facilitate me around medicine and around mm. myself and expansion on all levels. Mm. And that was my first step into really connection mm. and connection with myself. And from there, it's now led me to be so more authentic mm. with my connections with people. Mm. And something I keep hearing from other people telling me is they're like, dude, I love how yourself you are. Yes. I couldn't agree more. That's, uh, yeah, that, I love that about you. Just before we go on, though, I, yeah. I think it's important, and this is something I ask a lot of my guests, is was there a moment when you, because you, you said earlier, and this happened for me as well, is, uh, knowing that there's something more. You know, was, there, was there a moment where you're just like, I, you know, I have to do something about this? Was there a rock bottom? Was there a moment of clarity? Or was it just more of a gradual process for you? Dude, it was, it was pretty early on. Yeah. You know, I felt when I was like, you know, like eight, nine, ten, you know, years old. And I was just like, I knew there was something more. Yeah. I knew there was, you know, like looking back now, I was like a pretty open and conscious kid. Yeah. You know, I was writing in my journals. I was, you know, writing everything, you know, was, was literally like a game that I could play. And life yeah. is just this movement of just things that I could change and, and assume and depict yeah. how I wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just didn't know nor have anyone around me to tell me what this was. Yeah. And at about 10 years old, I had this, something happened. I don't know what it was. You know, one of my, my second mom said I was cursed by a witch doctor. Ooh. Um, and some people say, you know, it could have been, you know, a soul contract that was stepping in a more spiritual sense. Yeah. You know, uh, there was a swap of souls at that point in my life. Interesting. Because I went from this nine, everything's going well, I was doing okay in school, la la la, to 10 years old, something happened. I don't know what happened. Mm. I've tried to go back and meditate through it. I just don't know what happened. But I've had, I had that 180 of who am I, became depressed, you mm. know, started getting way worse at school, you know, was suicidal literally from 10 years old mm. up, until, up mm. until I came to Costa Rica at 25. Mm. And I spent the better part of you know, more than, more than a decade and a half, you know, wanting to kill myself and, you know, loading, you know, guns, putting them in my mouth early, early on. Fuck, really? Yeah, dude. Holy shit. And hoping man. I had the balls to really pull the trigger. Wow. You know, so it was, it was very emotional, man. It was yeah. something that still triggers me today and, and it releases a lot of emotion. Dude, I can feel the emotion from you right yeah. now. And oh. it was, dude, I went through that for a long time. So wow. I was crazy surprised that I could, that I made it to 18. That was, yeah. You know, that was for me, that was the biggest thing in the world. Like, wow. I made it to 18. I was like, I never thought I'd make it to 18. Were you supported as a child? Like, was there any abuse or trauma to speak to? No, not really, dude. Yeah. The, which was one of the things, you know, I always had an amazing childhood. Yeah. My parents were as supportive as they could be yeah. 
for the kind of child I was. Yeah. You know, my, my brother ahead of me was, you know, a student. Everything yeah. kind of went well for him. I was, you know, I was always in support of him. And I don't know why, but it just, it's like the, the script flipped yeah. completely. And I was in like this darkness for fucking 15 years at least. Wow. And, you know, and my mom would take me to therapists left and right. You know, none mm. of these guys knew how to, you know, treat me, challenge me, mm. you know, connect with me at all. And they would just put me, I was on like Prozac, Epilim, Zoloft. Like wow. you can name it, dude. By 10 years old, I was on like, I was taking about 10 to 15 pills a day. What? Yeah. Oh, that's just insane. Yeah. And this is where in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually when it ended up happening was my mom was like, fuck this. She's like, she's looking at me and she's like, I'm, you know, I'm literally like, you know, 10, 11, 12 now. I am mm. like, my head's down. I'm like basically drooling because I'm completely numb. And my mom sees this and she's just like, fuck that. She's wow. like, these doctors have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea in any way, shape and form how to, you know, connect with me on any level. Yeah. And she's like, I'm cutting off this. So she called Turkey in my ass early. Wow. Uh, which was, I, you know, which was a huge thing for me. Yeah. And in a good way? Through, like hey? initially was there massive like withdrawal and stuff? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, I think I, I blocked a lot of that out. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of that phase. Yeah. But, you know, essentially thanks to her, you know, which, which was a beautiful thing, which kind of at some point I used my anger towards her right. because she was the closest thing to me, but right. she was also my guiding angel. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So she was there supporting me as much as she could, but still unbeknownst to her, what was really happening to me, yeah. which no one really knew. So it was, it, was, wow. it was a long time of just, you know, going through this, I was a very conscious kid to very dark yeah. and, you know, very, very, very dark. Ooh, dude, this is, this is bringing up so much for me. And I just want to sort of jump in here for a second. Like I, I work a lot with uh, addiction mm -hmm. and people around alcohol specifically, but what comes up a lot is this feeling that people don't belong to this world. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's kind of what you're describing. It's like you were this beautiful conscious kid but it's like you don't fit with this society with this world and so you go into this dark place and i don't know if this is true for you but a lot of the people i talk to they they say that and they go into this depression where they feel that they don't belong in this world mm -hmm. and that's something i've explored a lot because i think it's exactly what you're describing yeah. for me and i'll just break it down quickly is when we come into this world into this existence into this soul into this body we are, when we're born, we are like light beings, in, innocent, pure light beings. And then we come into this world and we immediately start to be programmed and conditioned and into our environment, which is necessary for survival, obviously. You know, we rely on our parents or our guardians or whoever, the tribe, to inform us how to survive in this environment. So we're constantly taking feedback, right? But that shapes us in a way that... Um, moves us away from our truest essence you know because we're depending on other people we're taking information from other people and it's lowering our vibration that innocence starts to erode and so by the time you get to middle age puberty and that sort of is like you're so conditioned and looking externally for validation and how to navigate the world you've lost that sense of self mm -hmm. and that disconnection fundamentally causes this friction this distortion that it ends up being either depression or addiction or suicidal tendencies or so that is that fundamental divide and i think what we're talking about and this is was true for me is the awakening comes when you're like holy shit wait a minute this person who i'm 
portraying in the world, this role that I'm playing isn't really me. But then there's this identity crisis, you don't know who you are, mm-hmm. right? And so that typically happens at middle age, but it can happen at, at any age. It's a midlife crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that it manifests, the, the pain of that disconnection from truest self is so real and palpable that you're either depressed, you're on medication, you're addicted to drugs or alcohol, something to numb the pain of that disconnection. 100%. Right? And so it's our job, I think, in this sort of awakening air quotes, is to come back to that truest essence of who we are. And that's difficult. It's not easy because you're, you're trusting yourself on a deep layer. And this has been part of my process, trusting myself and my truest essence, absent of any external validation mm-hmm. or input. Does that resonate yeah, yeah, 100%. for you? Yeah. Dude, everything you just said right now is, is, is exactly spot on. Right. And I think the, the word that, tr- would not triggered, I would say the word that resonated with me most with most was distortion. Yeah. It's kind of like this, you know when the TV is on that, it's distorted? Yeah. And it's kind of like fuzzy. Yeah. Or the radio dial. Yeah. You know? And it's like, and it's waiting yeah. to tune in, like, you know, yeah. back in the 80s, yeah. you know, before the TV <laughs> We're came aging on. ourselves, dude. Dude, legit. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm 21, bro. What are you talking about? Um, and that is exactly what it is. It's kind of like, you're in this distorted no man's land. Yeah. Because and it feels uncomfortable and the icky. The external environment hasn't catered to that divine child that you were. Yeah. You know, like they say in the, in the yogic philosophy, it's very much, you know, from one, from zero to three, you know, you have this divinity uh-huh. that's unprogrammable. Right. And then from like, say, four to seven, that's when, you know, your structure starts coming in. Totally. And then seven and up is when they start programming you for, you know, fears and so on. Yeah. So there's actually like a that time frame they take you through, which totally. is interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's really exactly as you put it. Mm. You feel so unsettled in mm. your own body. Yeah. Because I was believing everything is a certain way. And, yeah. then, and then you come out to a because point it's where it's like saying, actually, Kyle, you know, leave the classroom because you're not behaving enough. Yeah. Do this because you're not doing this enough. And yeah. we're just going to numb you because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, you know, I've actually actually worked with kids that went through the same thing that I've been through. Good for you. Is the idea that they have no one who's who's basically saying, this is what you're going through. And this is why it's happening. So the mom and the dad who doesn't really know what to do just goes with what the therapist says. Totally. So they they don't understand it either. A hundred percent. So they, as much as they try, they just don't understand it. So they go to doctors who, in my experience have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Because, and I'm talking more the kind of like Western philosophy. Yeah. Because we go to the spiritual awakening. And, mm. I, and we were all these awakened children that essentially went through a large amount of programming to take us out of it. Yeah. And we go through this re-remembering process. Totally. To come back to ourselves. Yeah. Which I'm super grateful that I had the opportunity to remember yeah. and come back to something that was familiar. So coming yes. to Costa Rica, it was... Immediately engaged with mm. energy, frequency, mm. medicine, mm. earth, mother nature, totally. Pachimama, yeah. coming back to myself and remembering, oh, life is a game. Life is fun. Yeah. I can project myself into this 3D world as I see fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just feel, again, so much more comfortable with myself. Yes. Authentically. Beautiful. And just with intention. And now I'm like, oh my God, now I know what that kid was feeling yeah that now i can say that is exactly what he was going through what yeah. i'm feeling now so it's been this beautiful 
comeback process that I've been through totally. over the past eight years. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, exactly the same. I would describe coming to Costa Rica for the first time. I felt a soul's calling. I'm mm. like, this is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. You know, that depth of connection with nature, with self, like the, the energy that you get from that. But uh, I just want to say not everybody has that opportunity, obviously. So what would be your advice to somebody that's maybe, you know, in a city, in a condo, in a job that they're not, you know, stoked with? How can they sort of tune into this energy if they're not, it's not possible for them to come to the jungle? Okay. So immediately, man, what comes to mind is there are always, in every city, especially nowadays, I'd say over the mm. last five years, there's been a huge collective shift, mm. as you know. Yeah. The awakening, yeah. as they call it. And there are so many, you know, let's just say, I'd say communities, online communities, yeah. you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, there's yoga, yoga shalas that do, you know, uh, deep meditations that do. Yeah. Um, let's just say, uh, ecstatic dances. Yeah. I actually do medicinal ceremonies that yeah. are still a little bit newer, but they're still coming to these cities yeah. where there are communities that can support you on this growth. Totally. There is. You just have to kind of go into it, research a bit. Yeah. When you start doing that work, you'll start to align yourself with people that are on the similar path as you. Totally. And they are everywhere. Yeah. And the communities are everywhere, but it takes that initial conscious shift. Mm. Totally. So we call it a conscious competence. When you start thinking about something consciously going, I need to shift in this direction, mm -hmm. you start elevating your frequency to that direction. And totally. then eventually it becomes subconscious competence, right? Yeah. So it just starts, you start aligning yourself naturally with people without even thinking about yeah. it. So I would say that. Yeah. Start looking online for community. Start looking on, you know, for like a local, you know, yoga space yeah. Yeah. that provides, you know, that does, you know, cacao ceremonies, that does ecstatic dance, that does, you know, something that just feels kind of right to you. Yeah. I would say shift into that place, shift into that awareness. Yeah. Try one thing and it will lead to another and it will just be this exponential role of taking you into another community. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. But I think even before that, there's a lot of people that I encounter definitely that have a level of shame maybe around themselves or fear and that go stepping into a place like ecstatic dance or a group workshop is beyond their comfort zone. So even those are great ideas. I totally agree. But even before that, maybe um, I just want to say tuning into yourself on an individual level. Maybe that's, you know, just go on YouTube, check out a guided meditation, check out some breath work, you know, do some journaling, just things that can sort of start to tune you into that frequency before you make that shift into, say, an ecstatic dance. Because that can 100%. be an intimidating situation for a lot of people, myself included. Like, you know, when you step into that and it's for people who don't know, ecstatic dance is basically... Oh, I'll let you describe it. What's ecstatic dance? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're a great interviewer, but <laughs> I love this. Cheers, um, dude, I couldn't explain it better myself. Yeah. Um, it's true. I, I come from my perspective yeah. and I've always been very, very quick to jump to anything. Yeah. Um, but obviously coming from you and your, your clients and people that are listening. Yeah. Um, 100%. I would yeah. say, let's start with the basics. Yeah. So building a healthy routine in the morning. Yes. And what that is, is, is I have to, you know, shift people on this. Okay, well, what is your first step? Yeah. Like you say, go onto YouTube, do a guided meditation and so on. So it kind of just gets you more familiar mm. with 
with your shift mm-hmm. in terms of awareness, spirituality, consciousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much. There's mm-hmm. so much on, you know, you could talk masculine and feminine with David Data, and then you mm-hmm. could just go on so many tangents mm-hmm. to get you into that kind of awareness. Mm-hmm. And then I would say start with something that I would say is your routine, mm-hmm. which means how are you waking up? Mm-hmm. How you do know? you wake up? So I'll give you an example. So when I wake up, my initial routine is I always drink a glass of water. Excellent. Always, 100%. Yeah. You Great. know, my, my body has to be immediately hit by something natural. My body has to resonate with this. And, you know, mm. water to me is the best frequency of this mm-hmm. happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And I never cold. I try to have it always like medium. Yeah. And you could always do, you know, a bit of lemon. Or yeah. you could do apple cider vinegar. Something that just, you know, helps your little pH balance a yeah. little. Yeah, cool. And then I'll go make my bed immediately. Oh, I love that too. I'm a bed yeah. maker too. It's a, it's a game changer. Dude, it's a game changer. You have success right off the bat. Yeah. You feel good about it. You are it. achieving something you achieve within something. five seconds. <laughs> I love that. Legit. Yeah. And anyone who's been in, you know, like the military or anything like, yeah. you know, any type of um, martial arts, yeah. they will tell you. It's all about discipline. discipline. So making your bed is your yeah. first sense of discipline. Totally. So after that, it's, it's kind of extended. So I will go straight to the mirror and then I will do mantras mm. and there will be abundance mantras. I do four. Nice. So from my four abundance mantras, I get in, I sit on the floor and then I de- get into a deep meditation. Awesome. And I keep it simple. I keep it 10 minutes and that's it. Yeah. And it's a guided breath meditation. Cool. Simple, 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 simple. I don't want to get into my head or yeah. try to think my way out of thinking, yeah. which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so going straight into breath work is the f- best way to be present with your body. Yeah. And we'll dive into that a little bit later. Yeah. So once I do breath work, then I'll visualize my day, which means how my day is going. So with you, I visualized, you know, you know, dropping into this amazing mm. conversation and then you saying, dude, that was an amazing conversation. Yeah. Such a sick podcast. So I'll go into this and I will actually visualize that happening. Awesome. And then once I'm done, I go straight to journaling. And then journal, I journal about how I'm actually feeling right then and there. Cool. Which means I feel insecure. I feel ashamed. I feel... Like I'm still connected with my ex. I feel this this deep sense of longing. Mm. And then I will finish always with a bit of gratitude. So I'll say I'm so grateful for what I'm feeling at that moment. Mm. Not, not No prerequisite, just the gratefulness practice, mm. which means I'll just take a little breath and I'll say, what am I grateful for right now? So mm. if I had to give an example, I'd be, I am truly grateful for you mm. right across from me awesome. and seeing you and your growth. I'm grateful for the sun that's outside right mm. now that we've been waiting for for a few days. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful just to be in this position right now to be able to speak with you mm. on my path and my journey. So this is something of that nature. So I'll write that down. Yeah. And then I'll get into a read. So I have a book and I'll read about, say, four or five pages every day. And that way I can actually go through books pretty quickly. Yes. So it allows me to do that. And then depending on, I have like an abundance journal. So generally the books that I have, they have, you know, I'm notating. So there might be something I need to write about or something of that nature. Once I've done that, then I'll do maybe a little movement, something of like, you know, something like five minutes, super simple. Mm. And that movement will consist of a bit of yoga, a little bit, nothing, I don't want to strain my body in the morning, so I just want to do something of like, more like a yoga flow, something mm-hmm. really, really, really simple. So my whole day's routine starts, and it's about, say, 45 minutes. Mm. From there, love that. I will then make myself coffee and grab my phone. Right. Do a bit of emails, check some messages, and then I will try to get to the beach 
early morning. Yeah. If I don't get to the beach early morning, I will definitely get to the beach later afternoon. Right. And my day kind of starts from there. Awesome. And so this is basically the routine that I do. So mine's a little bit more extended than most people's, but it really keeps me in the space of myself. Yeah. It really keeps me connected to me, and that's how I can start my day. Oh, it's beautiful. And it only takes like 45 minutes. This is like one of the... Uh, uh, objections a lot of people have is like oh i don't have time for it bullshit that's you can it's total bullshit you can do it so quickly yeah and tuning in in the morning i think is so i'm a huge fan of this i call it the non-negotiables for my morning routine because it sets you up for your day you know you are tuning in every morning when you wake up it's an opportunity Mm -hmm. how do you want to live your life how do you want to live this moment and you get to decide and what happens is exactly what you talked about most people what do they do they go to bed anxious about money or relationships or some regret that they have. So they're in, in that anxious mode when they go to sleep. When they wake up, what's the first thing they do? They pick up their phone. Mm-hmm. They go right back into that anxiety, that fear, and it gets caught in a loop. You okay. go around in this cycle of fear and negativity. You don't even know you're in it. Right? So you need that pattern interrupt, that conscious change every morning. Yeah. Right? And, but when you do that, it's, it is game changer. Because you, you're shifting your energy consciously. You're shifting your focus consciously. And then it shifts also where you create from, right? So if you're in that fear-anxiety mode and you go right into your day and you start doing your work or checking emails, you are creating from that fear and that anxiety. So it's infusing everything you're doing, yeah. everything you say, everything you write. Mm-hmm. But if you shift that and you come into this empowered, embodied, positive, grateful energy and you create from there, your whole day is different. Yeah. So it's that I, I ask my clients, it's not, it's not what you're creating, it's where you're creating from. Mm-hmm. And that is a massive change, right? Yeah. So awesome. I couldn't have articulated better myself. You do it, you do it so well, Vince. It's great. I'm, like, I'm like, I do this I'm a like, lot. Totally. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> let me, th- can I say this better? And I'm like, no, no, I can't. So I just, I just want to like, just affirm that you articulate it's so well. Cheers, brother. And it's a very beautiful thing, yeah. you know, to really hear you say it. And, yeah. and just to add one thing is if anyone's starting that morning routine, which mm. as you say is so, mm. so ideal. Game changer. It's a game changer. It really is. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Have you yeah. ever heard that totally. saying? Kiss. Totally. So yeah. the, the idea is I would have clients and go, so I love accountability. It's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> I love this shit. Like anytime I meet someone, I'm like, how can I support you and keep you accountable to that? And they're like, wait, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you just said you want to do it. So how do I keep you accountable? Yeah. If you don't do it, you owe me 50 bucks. How does that sound? (laughs) And they're like, oh, wait, what? What? And I'm like, well, well, why say it unless you're willing to do it? Yeah. Or create an accountability factor. So when starting the morning routines, you know, people go, oh, like you saved. You Mm. know, oh my God, I don't have time. Meditate. You know what I did? I started. So I had, I did four things in the morning to start. So I would wake up, make my bed, drink water, meditate, and journal. Those mm. are the first four things. Great. I did two minutes of pop. Yeah. Basically, drink water, make bed. I did two minutes of meditation and two minutes of journaling. Done. Simple. Less than 10 minutes. Legit. Awesome. Legit. It was actually even, I think I started, my whole thing was five minutes at first. Right. And then it went to 10 minutes and then 15 and Great. 20 and so on. Yeah. So there is no excuse when you're creating a habit, you just make it as easy as possible. Yeah. So if you can't do 10 minutes, you take it to five minutes. Yeah. If you can't do five minutes, you take it to one minute. Yeah. If you can't do one minute, you take it to 30 seconds. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Which means you sit down, sit down, 
close your eyes for 30 seconds yeah. and that's it. Take three deep breaths. Totally. <laughs> and then take the next day, take four deep breaths. Yeah. Next day, five. Yeah. And you will always naturally build up this accountability and habit building yeah. technique. Totally. It's very, very, very simple. Oh. It just takes consistency and that's it. Yeah. And conscious choice. You yes. got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. And uh, to add, you asked me before, ecstatic dance. Right. Just, yes. to, get, just to get back let's, on the road. Let's roll back to that. Um, so ecstatic dance, uh, I'm a, a huge fan of. Me too. And it's this, I first got into it uh, through my friend Amber. Amber, you know, Amber Ryan. Yeah. Amber Ryan. Amber Ryan. Superstar. Shout out to Amber Ryan. Yeah. She's, she's shout out to Amber. A soul sister. I got to get her on the show. Oh she's my on my list, actually. Man, she's... She's she's a darling. She's a queen. Her she she's, is. Her energy is so beautiful. Yeah, so pure. It's so pure. Yeah, you know. And when she speaks to you, you're literally the only one in the room. Totally legit. Even though legit. there's like a hundred people there. Yeah. And she started, and hers is 360. Yeah. Um, uh, and basically, what happens is she guides you, almost like a guided meditation, yeah. through this unraveling, and awareness of yourself. Hmm. Your closing, body. Closing your eyes with, and the whole mm. biggest, the biggest thing is judgment of yourself that you're trying to release. Yes. You know, so coming into and, this. And fear of other people's judgment. A hundred percent. Yeah. Which is always actually your own judgment. Cool. Yeah, right. Because people don't actually judge you. <laughs> we assume people judge us. Yes. Good call. So it's this, it's the sense of, oh, wait, you know, oh, this person's thinking this and this person's thinking that. Yeah. And we go through it throughout the entire day. Yeah. But it's actually ourselves projecting this yes it's ourselves assuming that we've been judged so i'll, I'll give an example of this um just to deter a little yeah. um i was walking uh, with a friend about a year ago one of my brothers hawk yeah. and i was like we had a conversation with someone and i was like oh wow well that seemed a little you know in kind of weird and insecure mm. and he's like no it wasn't maybe that's what you're projecting mm. and i was like oh Jesus. I was like, I was like, he said something that just, you know, it nailed, it nailed yeah, me. And I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, I was projecting yeah. that because I was feeling a bit insecure. Yeah. And so I projected that insecurity onto the situation. Right. Where the, the actual, the people in the conversation, it was not insecure or weird at all. Yes. Wow. And it immediately brought me back to myself mm. going, well, wait a minute. In every instance that I feel insecure or I feel judged, what's happening? Mm. Take a deep, deep breath. Mm. Am I projecting my judgment onto the external environment? Mm. Or is this person judging me? Mm. And 99.9% .9 of the time, bro, <laughs> it's my projection, yeah. no one else. So what Amber takes you through is this relinquishing mm. of your fear of people's judgment, which is mm. your own fear. Totally. And closing your eyes and moving your body and connecting your body to your chakras, you know, on a very visualization basis. Mm. And the way she guides you through with the music, it's this natural fluidity mm. and it's this natural connection back to your movement and back to releasing energy because that's a lot of what, you know, ecstatic dance is about is actually, you know, moving the energy yeah. and re releasing it. Yeah. You know, and she does it so well to a point where, you know, for an hour, you just are releasing all of this you know, insecurity, mistrust, mm. judgment. And at the end of it, you feel like you've just gone through like catharsis, like totally. there's an emotional release yeah. therapy, Years which is therapy. kind of what it is. Yeah. And so we, you know, we do this, you know, once every couple of weeks, once a month. And 
it's something that's starting to come out more and more and more, mm. especially in cities as well, mm-hmm. which is something I recommend, you know, as you say, people go through the first process yeah. of just, you know, going on YouTube. And then the second step might be actually going to one of these classes, yeah. which I so, so, so recommend. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I just want to say, honestly, that was kind of my comfort zone. It really triggered me deeply going to ecstatic dance for the first time because i'm a dancer i'm a, i was a partier right so but i was never on the dance floor unless i had three to six drinks in me yeah right and that sort of numbed that fear of the judgment you know or it's so great once i'm that numbed great i'll be the last guy on the dance floor partying yeah. right but going out there when you're sober when you're connected when you're clear when you're present is a whole other fucking thing Right, And once you sort of pass that threshold, you get over, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Once you get over that initial fear of I'm going to be ridiculed, I'm going to look stupid, people are going to judge me, all that shit that your mind, your ego is yelling at you. Once you get past that and you go into it and you release and you let yourself be in your body and let yourself be guided, let whatever fear and emotion be there and move through you, mm-hmm. fuck is that powerful. Yeah, right? dude. And it's, it's dancing to this beautiful music. You know, and you're in a room full of people who are doing the same thing. So yeah. there's this this connection with other people. There's this, oh my God, it's super, super powerful. But I understand if anybody's listening, how it can be triggering to get past that initial barrier. Because it yeah. was for me, and it still is whenever I go mm. on a dance floor, you know? Yeah, yeah. I still feel it, you know? Dude. But I have the courage to now recognize that, okay, there is my fear. That's my ego. It's yelling, but I'm not going to follow it. I'm not going to listen to it anymore because I know what's on the other side. A hundred percent. Right? And you, you know, I'd say it's like, this is a perfect metaphor for life. Yeah. Life is a dance. It's a dance of energy. Totally. Right? Woo. It's this back and forth. It's <laughs> polarity. Relationships are polarity. Mm. It's this give and take. Yeah. Which is also when you do ecstatic dance. Thank you. Yeah, like, there you go. There we go. Got, got the mic. Yeah. There we go. And, you know, it really is, and this is something I also teach and I do, is this, this idea behind the polarity. This, mm sexual polarity yes let's dive into that the sensual polarity right okay now we can get a little get a little deep i like this (laughs) and what what the dancing does is when i say to people it's this beautiful metaphor of what you do in life right of being able to move give and take without being judged through life but also able to do this with people Mm. and do it sober Mm -hmm. you want to be basically when you're ecstatic dancing that's how you want to be in life you want right. to be fluid. You want to understand the give and take of energy. Mm. You want to be non-judged. You want to mm. just be you, be authentic, and move how you want to fucking move. Mm. Be present. I want to be as myself as possible, as often as possible. Right. I would say that's my that's my mantra. Yeah. For my life. Right. I I thrive when I'm myself, mm. as everyone does. I make it my mission to try be the best version of myself, but not the best. I'd say the most authentic version of myself mm. all the time, mm. which is positive and outgoing and yes and yes and yes, but I also want to be real. Mm. You know, I want to tell people that I'm going through shit. Yeah. I See, wanna, yeah. I was just going to say what comes up for me when you say that is I totally agree. And what the biggest hurdle for me in, in going to or being my authentic self is trust. Mm-hmm. Trust in myself. Trust that I am enough to be like, so one of the biggest fears for me and why I sort of hid in the corner in alcohol and sort of the darkness for so long is that I didn't think I was worthy. Mm-hmm. Well, there is, it was twofold. I didn't think I was worthy. There was enough self-doubt that 
if I really went in and authentically expressed myself, would it be good enough? What would it be? Would it be accepted? Right. And this is that deep programming you're talking about when you're a child. You, you have to, you're programmed when you're a child to do what's going to get you what you need in that moment. Right. So be it love or affection or food or whatever it is, you're programmed to behave in a certain way in order to get that. And then when you are, you behave in a certain way that isn't in alignment with the, what the parent deems as appropriate behavior, you're shamed or you're mm-hmm. punished. Right. So you, you're constantly pinging the world to see what's available or what's acceptable. Yes. Right. And so in what happened to me is I internalize that as, okay, I'm not enough. I need to behave in a certain way in order to be accepted externally, in order to get love and attention and affection, right? Yeah. And so that translated into a lack of trust of who I am at the deepest level. And so I, I, even though I felt this deep sense of potential and power within me, it scared the shit out of me. And as I sort of pushed it away and, you know, went into a bottle to sort of, you know, uh, numb that pain, mm-hmm. right? And so trusting that being my authentic self and showing up as my authentic self is beautiful and true and okay and acceptable and worthy of love was something i needed to get by you know a hundred percent thank you for sharing that it's like it's this idea right as a coach as a facilitator as Mm. the life of the party Mm. it's so much pressure to be up here yeah and that's what i found you know it's oh kyle's a fucking ray of sunshine yeah 24 7 yes and what I came to, and yeah, I was happy and I did amazing shit and I've done amazing shit since. It's now I am okay with being vulnerable. Yeah. So through, through a, rec- a recent um, breakup that I went through, for the first time in my life, I actually had my brothers and my sisters next to me, supporting me and me opening up to them fully mm. and going, I feel like my heart is ripped out of my fucking chest mm. and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. And it's okay. And it's okay. And I'm going to sit with my emotions um, as much as possible. Yeah. They're not going to define me yeah, because everything passes, but I'm going to be okay with feeling like my heart is dissipating. Yeah. Feel like that person who I've loved and thought i was going to you know marry and have children on top of a mountain with you Mm, know what i mean yeah left and it it was okay to feel this pain Mm. and not run away from it Mm. not distract myself and be like oh let me opposition thinking you know mindfulness this that Mm. this that all of this stuff that is actually a distraction it's just a spiritual bypass basically it just sounds better when you say i'm meditating through this right (laughs) But at the same point in time, it's being vulnerable. And this is something that I do, I feel well, and that I encourage other men to do, mm. is step into some real vulnerability. Yes. Which means be fucking honest. Yeah. Being honest with where you are right now and being able to communicate this to your partners and your friends and your loved ones. Which mm. is sitting with it and go, you know, right now, I'm mm. feeling extremely vulnerable. I feel... Mm nervous i feel like i'm not myself i don't feel like a real man right now yeah because i'm lost yeah and we all go through this right now and something that's i think collectively happening with a lot of men is the sense of okay we've been asked to express our vulnerability Mm. and we're we're figuring out how to do that because we're becoming deeply vulnerable which is a beautiful thing yeah but we haven't been safe to do it before i think is we haven't been safe to do it before but i still feel like that container 
is still needing to be set. Yeah, totally. So there's this point of I've I've been a part of it, but it's also I, I reach out to a lot of men who are now stepping into this expression of vulnerability mm. and it's not really being held. Mm. And it's being seen as maybe weakness or being mothered. Yeah. You know, so there's this point of, fuck, well, I'm really, really searching into the sense of vulnerability. But at the same time, we're trying to find our purpose. Mm. You know, yeah. how, do we, how do we set in this world as men? We don't go get the food anymore. Yeah. You know, our women are earning as much, if not more money than us. Yeah. You know, and they're stepping into their power in such a beautiful way, mm. which we are such in support of. Mm. But at that point, we're in the state of... How do we navigate these things in our life? And a lot of men are confused. Yeah. A lot of men are just unable to realize how to navigate this. And that's why, you know, this is the work that we're doing. And this yeah. is the work that we're trying to step forward to help guide and facilitate. Totally. You know, speaking from me, men in general. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And vulnerability is so important, especially as leaders, you know, like for example, uh, I just started a new coaching program, the Fuck Yes Club. Yes. And it's, it's predicated on, like you're saying, my passionate excited involved embodied energies like fuck yes like let's do this like you know let's be ourselves fully authentically mm -hmm. and so that's a lot of what attracts the people to my program is that energy but at the same time yesterday um i wasn't feeling it you know i was like kind of tired kind of heavy kind of but i was honoring that yeah so i hopped on i did a live in my group i'm like hey I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling down. I'm fe and some of the people are just like, oh, fuck, thank you for saying that because it gives me permission to feel that. Yeah. I don't have to be at the top all the time. Yeah. But I think the danger is, and there, there's two points here, the danger is wallowing in that energy mm -hmm. because then it becomes victim consciousness. It 100%. becomes victim identity when you become identified with your plight or the world is against me or your pain, yeah. right? So there's this line, I think, where you need to honor the pain but not live in it, not stay there, right? Yeah. Honor it to the point where it get, it, you give it space to heal and then move past. Yeah. Consciously choose something else. Yes. Uh, the other point I wanted to make is about um, men and being vulnerable is, it's kind of counterintuitive because we're taught to be these strong providers and that's kind of the, we're rewarded in society for being emotionless, basically. Yes. Right? And so I think now, especially in this day and age, if you are a man operating in this world and you're not in touch with your emotions, you're not able to navigate when you're triggered, you are at a distinct disadvantage where mm. before it might've been an advantage to be emotionless and devoid of emotion. Now, in my opinion, it's a disadvantage. So that's 100%. why it's so powerful that the work you're doing and, and a lot of the coaches in this sphere, men's work is allowing men to feel safe, to be vulnerable. Yes. Because it's not a weakness, it's your power. That's where your fucking power is, yeah. right? And I think, you know, I, I, I hear a few times about, you know, what is men's work? And I feel yeah. that that sums it up fully. Great. You know, yeah. is allowing and supporting the brotherhood to be vulnerable yeah. and to express vulnerability. Yeah. You know, I think vulnerability has a bad trick to it. Yeah. Um, but it's really that. See, it, just when you said that, I have the old programs popping up in my head. Yeah, like, vulnerable means crying and being, yeah, being like a we're wimp just, and a we're little just bitch. We're just going to sit around in a, a circle and talk about our feelings. That's for fags. You know, yeah, that's, totally. the, that's the story in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. All of us are programmed that way. Oh, for sure. Right? It's crazy. I'll give you, I'll give you another, another program that we have. There's still the sense of being vulnerable means you're homosexual to a yeah, degree. Yeah, totally. Which means the sense of I can actually support a brother, hold a brother, yeah. 
support him so fully yeah. in such a beautiful way, you know, where I know that it feels great and it feels okay to support a brother and it doesn't mm. have to be homosexual in mm -hmm. the sense. Mm -hmm. But I see the sense of always, you know, contact dancing with brothers, mm. being emotionally open with brothers. Mm. It has such a bad stigma to it that mm -hmm. it's starting to be rewritten. Yeah, totally. In such a beautiful way. Yeah. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. Awesome. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great subject, brother. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I honor you for the work you're doing in that regard. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Hey, are you feeling lost? Anxious? Frustrated by the state of the world? I get it. The world is a pretty messed up place right now. Maybe you're even distracting yourself from the pain with things like alcohol, social media, Netflix, gambling, shopping. I know. I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls just like you in taking back creative control of your life, finding a deeper sense of purpose, and building a solid foundation of certainty even in such uncertain times. This is exactly why I have created the Fuck Yes Club, a six-week online journey I am looking for 15 to 20 badasses who are ready to supercharge their powers of manifestation as the conscious creators of their own reality. This program is for people who are tired of living in uncertainty and fear, sick of living up to somebody else's standards, fed up with not fulfilling their highest potential, this is for the people who are ready to tap into their infinite well of creative power and start creating the life they have always wanted. We are in the midst of a massive transition. Great change is upon us and we're being called to grow and evolve in ways that we may have been avoiding. Is it your time? Are you ready? There are only two answers here, people. No and fuck yes. If you are in the fuck yes category, then immediately go to www.thefuckyesclub.com right now for more information and to secure your spot. Now, back to the show. I just want to drop in a bit more. That's something I said about men's circles. Great. And... The reason why it's so important, and I made a post about this the other day, is the sense of vulnerability. So when a man really opens up, when a man lets go of mm. all these triggers and patternings and conditioning that we have, it's not always going to be just little bits of emotion and rainbows and sunshine, mm. right? Any kind of awakening is not that. Mm. But with a man, it can tend to be violent violent and angry angry yeah because we've had generations upon generations mm. of programming so mm. when we're just triggering releasing all this stuff it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows mm. which means our partners primarily women cannot hold this fully mm. because it can be so detrimental to the relationship yes and it can be very aggressive and abusive yeah so having a men's circle having men that can relate to you having men that have been through exactly what you've been through yeah that can hold you yeah. while you scream and punch and push yeah with wrestling with them having their hands on your back yeah knowing that they will support you no matter what yeah. basically containing that that dense masculine energy yes. needs to be supported by men. Yes, I agree. Totally. And at that same point in time, being vulnerable with your partner allows a little bit of lightness mm. Mm -hmm. and not such heaviness. Because mm. I don't believe that your partner should be able to take on everything that you give. Totally. And all of your vulnerability. Yeah. It needs to be shifted. 
it needs to be some given to you know your own work, which is the men's group, and then some mm. given to with, with your partner, which mm. basically deepens the relationship. Mm. So just a standpoint, like to all those listening, I definitely recommend having a mentor, having a brother who you can open up with, having mm. a men's group where you actually collectively feel supported mm. is fucking magical, man. Yeah. It is Game huge. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And even in these times, there are, uh, you know, if you can't make it to a physical men's circle, there are communities online. So 100%. definitely check them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and there's a lot of brothers that are doing things with, you know, these online Zooms yeah. where, you know, it costs nothing. Yeah. They basically just want to hold space yeah. for men who, who, need spa- who need to be held right now yeah. and nurtured. But, but and, I, what, who, and what best than another man? Totally. But it does take that initial step to get over the fear of going past your comfort zone yeah. be, of being seen as weak or, you know, uh, gay or whatever the fear is of showing up in that way. It does take going beyond that comfort zone. So just want to honor that. And people who might be listening is like, fuck, mm. I can't do it. It's like, just, you know, if you get summon the courage to just step into that place once and feel that energy, then I guarantee you'll keep going back because it's so nurturing. And how, how let's take it a step further to anyone who's listening. Mm. Why don't we? Why don't we put like an action behind this? Mm. So, what would be if you're scared and triggered by stepping into a men's circle or mm. anything of that nature? What would be the first thing that you could do of a step towards moving in this direction? Mm. And how can we support you? Yeah, I think that's a question. Yeah. So, to any man is looking for that, I would definitely recommend, or even a woman yeah. who wants to, you know, dive into this a little bit. What would be that first step? Yeah. that we can help support you with to get you on this journey. Totally. And reach out to either of us. We'll put our contacts at the end of the show. Hell yeah. Awesome, brother. Yeah, right brother. on. So uh, let's transition more into relationships uh, between man and woman, because that yes. polarity you were talking about earlier is so fascinating. Um, like masculine energy and feminine energy, the polarity and the dance between them is so important in this world. And I think what's happened so far in our air quotes civilization or society is that it has been a masculine a male dominated the patriarchy energy of um you know uh, oppression and penetrating energy and control and power and ego and profit at all costs these are all masculine qualities Mm -hmm. you know and the 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 feminine energy has been so suppressed over time just you know look at the witch trials of the catholic church for example it's like they were terrified of the power of the feminine energy, mm-hmm. um, you know, challenging the the power and control of the church that they suppressed it. Yeah, is basically what happened, right? And so we got to a point where, you know, feminism came rose as sort of the antithesis to the patriarchy. Oh, but yeah. I think even within feminism, and I'm not a scholar of feminism by any stretch, but I just my understanding of it is it was a natural sort of. Um, opposition to the patriarchy mm-hmm. but it did it bred women who were trying to be more like men it wasn't nurturing them and being fully in their feminine yes right and so that bred sort of women like hillary clinton for example you know who is it, it, it proclaims herself as an empowered woman but really she's just behaving like a man yeah right she's like ego power profit control penetrating you know all yeah, those yeah. So I think what is necessary in our world now is a rebalancing of the feminine and and masculine energies, but the feminine fully standing in their power and the masculine fully standing in our power. Yeah, and recognizing that we hold both within ourselves. Absolutely, 100%. So let's uh, unpack that a bit. What do you mean by that? Okay, so 
you know, I mean, if we talk about, you know, the divine feminine, you know, would be Mary, you right. know, which was actually, she was meant to continue the church after Jesus. That's right. True story. Yeah. And, you know, if you, you want to get into that, read the Sophia Codes and, you know, a lot mm. more things that are actually incredible books that dive into this deeper. Mm. But when you were mentioning, you know, the feminine energy, which is the vulnerability and openness that we all share, mm. and the masculine energy, which is kind of the, the point, the head that yeah. gets, you know, that is action behind things and yeah. getting things done and basically the structure, right? as we call it. Yeah. It's the toxic masculine that we started, you know, adopting, mm. which is, you know, a, a beautiful, I would say the divine masculine is holding space mm. in such a way, a structure of safety and security yes. with action. That yeah. is the more, more of my understanding with the divine masculine. Yeah. The toxic masculine is profit at all costs mm. and so on and so forth. And, you know, moving forward with zero purpose. Yeah. And I've seen this over, over length with men. So we can talk about that toxic masculine right now mm. and what ends up happening with that is you know i've seen it you know men 20 30 years doing something they don't want to do so they can provide for their family yeah what ends up happening is depression sets in mm. early because you can imagine doing something yes it's providing structure and support for the family but is it a real purpose yeah are you going to work hating your life every day yeah you know are you waking up on monday and going like oh fuck i gotta do this a every of, day a lot of people that are. will transition yeah. into the relationship and into family time naturally. Totally. And this is the idea that's happening now, which is the, the divine masculine mm. and actually moving forward with purpose. Mm. You know, and this is part of my, my, my own experience as well, is I'm tired of just doing things for the sake of doing things. Mm. Now what I'm trying to do is really focus on a directed purpose. Yeah. Something where I am empowered something where I feel like I am creating, mm. something where I'm like, okay, this is me. This is my structure. This is my purpose. I have direction. Mm. This is me. And then my feminine side is something I've, I've also been working on quite a bit, which is being able to express myself, mm. be vulnerable, be open, receive. Mm. Receiving, Receiving is a huge, is huge, huge thing. Huge. It was so hard for me because I'm, as you, I'm sure, you're such a giver. Yeah. You forget how to receive. Yeah. So learning to ask, learning to, you know, take restorative yoga, go mm. to sound healing, sound mm. baths. Any point where I am restoring myself and filling my cup back up mm. is my point of receiving and therefore my feminine role right. expanding. Right. Beautiful. So, and we also talk about, okay, and let's go back, sorry, to another point. Mm. Um, you're talking about the kind of Hillary Clintons of that, the, the feminine rise and yeah. so on. Yes, 100%. They had to step into this role of, well, I have to almost become a man, yeah. you know, in order to compete in a man's world. Yeah, exactly. And which I think was a necessary shift. Totally. The, the pendulum swings, right? Yeah. And I think what ended up happening was that ends up also being taken back into the relationships. Yeah. Which means this, establish, this establishing of this masculine energy in the woman was also taken towards the relationship. Yeah. So there became this unbalanced polarity in the relationship mm. every relationship whether it's friendship or in any other balance needs to have that polarity mm. a sexual polarity mm. if i am a man you can feel like a woman mm. you know in order for you to dive into your divine feminine to into your vulnerability you need to know that i'm supporting you in my masculine totally mm. so this is the thing when you can play that dance and you realize the give and take 
is such a dance of energies. Mm. It's a beautiful awareness. Mm-hmm. So I, I just went on, um, I was watching this thing about, I think it was Matthew Hussey, and he also talks about relationships. And he says, the dance can also be on text basis. So if you're going back and forth between a woman, mm. look at the blue. Are you in the blue? Mm. Which means, what's the reciprocal energy of the person to what you're bringing in as well? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's looking at every, everything that I do, I want to make sure that there's a beautiful balance between give and take. Right. Yeah. Between my partner, am I supporting her and giving as much as energy as she's giving me? Mm. And this is the dance of polarity. Understanding, it's magnets. It's just magnets. Mm. So this is kind of like I, go on a, uh, I can go on a really deep tangent with this, but it's really understanding, in my opinion, the role between the feminine and the masculine. Right. Within each. Yeah. And David Davis speaks about this, you know, some woman might have more masculine energy. Some mm. men might have more feminine energy. Mm. But there's this natural side-by-side kind of salsa dance that we mm. do, which keeps us in alignment. And when we fall out of that alignment, then there seems to be this like repelling energy. Yeah. You know, it's like when you become too feminine in a relationship what ends up happening Mm. you start repelling your partner because she might you know if she's not stepping more into that masculine then there seems to be repelling energy of two feminine Mm. energies it's just how it works and i think that's that's a good point where you know when we talk about men being vulnerable um there is another fear be it unconscious or conscious that if i'm being vulnerable with my partner she will not be attracted to me anymore i'm not holding that polarity of power Right, so there's that fear that, but like you said, each of us has feminine and masculine within us, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to be able to embody both. You know, for men, typically you have more masculine energy, but you need to nurture that feminine energy as 100%. well, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, what you were talking about earlier is about men being um, coddled or mothered or disempowered. You know, I think that's shifting in too much in the direction. It's like, oh, I need to be vulnerable. Oh, I need to placate my partner. And so you end up being this beta male who is placating his partner. And that's not really what the woman wants. She wants some of that nurturing vulnerability, but she also wants you to stand in your power and to take action and to have purpose and to protect and to be safe, right? A hundred percent. So, And this is something that, that we see a lot is men are starting to shift into this. We're being asked yeah. to become more vulnerable. But at the same time, is that container held for us to be vulnerable? Yeah. Because yes, 100% I could say, okay, yeah, you need the perfect balance of the masculine energy of baby, we got you. Yeah. We're stepping into our masculine. We have our purpose driven. Yeah. We, we got you. Yeah. So then she can relinquish some of that power and really dive into her femininity. Yeah. Right? And relax in that. Yeah. And this happened to one of my other partners. Um, it was very much, you know, I was all over the place you know, and I wasn't really responsible with my finances. I mm. wasn't really stepping up as a, as a mature man. Mm. And she ended up seeing that as more of like a feminine energy. Mm. And it actually started repelling her. And she also said that. She was like, look, like, you know, I need you to step up as a man and be more responsible with things. Mm. And so her, the next partner that she had, had that energy. Right. You know, he was, you know, a little bit older. He had his shit together in terms of just business. Yeah. And he provided that structure for her to really fall into her feminine and yeah. go, okay, hey, this guy's got me. I yeah. can actually just relinquish the reins yeah. and be romanticized. Yeah. You know, or romanced. Yeah. So, and that was a big lesson to me to be like, okay, wow, I'm really seeing the, the difference between the energies. Yeah. Right. 
So now me stepping forward more into my purpose and my masculine is going to help me really balance my energy out. Because I, you know, going through it, it also takes time, Mm. you know, to ask a whole collective of men to now shift into this more vulnerable energy or this expression of vulnerable energy. Mm. It's going to have to sit there for a while. Mm. And I'm actually just about to make a post on how do men ride the wave of uncertainty Mm. today, Mm. which is the sense of, hey, it's going to take a little bit of time for us to figure out and become vulnerable and express this vulnerability Mm. and then find this beautiful polarity back towards establishing that purpose and that drive towards, you know, creating that that beautiful masculine energy. So it's just this dance and it's going to take a little bit of time for adjustment. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's very easy to stay and stay here and be like, yeah, you've got to have that perfect balance and da, da, da. But I think the awareness and the conversations that we're having it's just breathing more light onto this. Mm, that makes totally. sense. Yeah, totally. And I think um, you know a, go- a great example of this polarity and holding that powerful masculine versus the feminine happens in sexuality, mm-hmm. where where you are holding that space as a man. It allows the woman to fully surrender, fully explore her sexuality, her pleasure, mm. her her creativity, her expansiveness. Because she does feel held and she does feel safe, you know, and it feels good for a man to to hold that polarity, that power, that grounding force to allow the woman to expand. And that polarity, like you're talking about, is where the sparks come from. Yeah. Right? When when you're fully embodied in your masculine and the woman is fully embodied in her feminine, that polarity is where the sexual magnetism, the spark comes from. Yeah. Right. Well, if you, and if you think about it, when you attracted your partner, right? Yeah. Generally speaking, you both are in a really good place. Right. Yes. You know, especially I would say a more significant relationship. Right. Right. Someone of, you know, a twin flame or something of that nature. You're yeah. generally both in your in your power. You're right. Individually. Right. She's in her feminine and rising and in her power in that way. And you're in your masculine. You know mm. what you're doing. You're you're just feeling confident and strong. Mm. And you naturally draw each other in. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of it. And I think it's such a beautiful thing when you recognize that and we just generally fall out of that mm. gradually because we forget to do the work. Yeah, right. Or we become codependent in the relationship. Right. And we lose understanding of what that polarity looks like. So, but that's also the dance. Mm. That's our humanness. Our humanness is to forget, yeah. to stop our routines, to stop the work and it happens. Yeah. But the consistency of doing the work helps us keep us in check. Yes. Totally. You know, yeah. so it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful dance of energies, and I recommend that people just I think do a little bit more research on what masculine and feminine energy is, mm-hmm. and understand how that plays in a term of dance. Yeah, because it really just it really helps you visualize what it means in a relationship, and I've been playing with that as well just recently. It's just. If I'm giving a bit of energy to someone, how am I receiving the energy? Mm. If if I feel like I'm giving too much and pushing the energy away, then I pull back mm. and the energy comes towards me. Mm. And it's this beautiful dance that I love playing with that I'm just becoming way more aware of. Yes. And actually just testing myself with. Yeah. And I, you just nailed it though. It, it takes a level of self-awareness in order to be able to recognize and feel those energies Hell and yeah. then to navigate them. So that's this comes back to the morning practices, right? Tuning yourself at the beginning of the day to, to cultivate that conscious awareness of your energy, how you're feeling, what your emotions are, what your thoughts are. And so when you do get into situations 
where like this, what we're talking about, you can recognize what the energy is going on, yeah. what, what is happening between the polarities and mm. you can navigate it consciously. Yes. Not just from unconscious programs like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So true. I mean, it's it's basically like, you know, guiding yourself back to your intuition. Yeah. And that, that is your guiding light. That is your central nervous system in a higher alignment that knows mm. what, what needs to be done. Mm. So if you can tune in in the morning. So this could be actually like for any of our listeners, this could be a very interesting and uh, I would say like productive exercise mm. is tune yourself in in the morning. Mm. Sitting with yourself for 10 breaths, your meditation or your morning rituals, however mm. that looks, just to tune into your body again. And then throughout the day, recognize that dance of energy between man and woman of the give and take, mm. of the back and forth. Yeah. And just feel, feel it. Yeah. And really try to sink into how that looks and how that feels. And you yeah. start to recognize that it is all a dance of energy. Yes. So uh, what just came up for me there, it, it takes two to tango, for example, you know, so. Or three. Or, or three. <laughs> just, just say, just say. But it, what happens, what would you be, your advice be if you are doing this work to become more conscious of yourself and your energy and maybe your partner isn't, right? So you're trying to navigate these energies and your partner may be still operating from unconscious programs. That's a great question. It is. Because I think this is what happens a lot in relationships yeah. is you'll have, generally speaking, um, I find women in generally because their their emotional intelligence is just a yeah. little bit higher. They're in more tuned into their intuition. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They, they have the womb. Yeah. The woman, the feminine is the womb, which yeah. means their natural, you know, guiding intuition is yeah. extremely strong. Right. And it, their ability to process emotions is also extremely elevated. Right. So they will naturally become, you know, the more spiritual, stepping into that realm a little bit more. Yeah. And tuning into their energies and their intuition more. And the guy is often left. Yeah. You know, because he's just not stepping up or it might be reversed. Right. So it goes back to this. It to me it's communication. Right. So conscious communication, which is something I love, mm -hmm. something I really love to step into, is basically going, okay, babe, this is where I'm, I'll, let's do, why don't we do it, you and me? All right. Okay, let's pre pretend you're, you're the partner. I'm the woman? You're the woman. Okay. Do, do you mind being the woman? Not at all. Fantastic, I love it. <laughs> okay, because I love it. This is a bit of like play yeah. on what we're trying to do here. Okay, so if we're dating, and I would say this is something uh, that's, that I'm reaching in now, mm. I'm going to say, hey, baby, look, this is where I'm at right now. I'm feeling a lot of anxiety around you stepping into this spiritual practice mm. and you, you know, in your power and attracting all these amazing energies, both men and women, mm. because you're stepping in your power. I'm feeling just a little insecure right now. Mm. I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling like you're stepping so far into this realm that I'm just not there yet. Yeah. And I'm not sure how to step with you. Mm. Please support me. Mm. Can, and then I will say, babe, can you, know, can you repeat what you're saying to me? Right. What I just said to you. So I know that you're present with what I'm saying to you. So there's a sense of, I want to be completely vulnerable and open with what you are saying mm. and what you are listening to. And then having you repeat what I'm saying also allows me to go, okay, cool, this person's present with what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, it's in yeah, rhetoric, it's called steel manning, where basically I repeat your argument or your position to a point where you're like, yes, you get it. 
Yeah. Right. And that's so, so powerful because then at least we're operating from the same level playing field because you feel heard. 100%. And now I can respond knowing that you feel heard and understood. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's, uh, this, this communication just basically means, and it also takes a hard, it's hard for a man, especially when he's triggered or he's emotional mm. or he's pissed off to be like, oh, hey, baby, just so you know, right now, I am extremely triggered. Yeah. And that I might actually, you know, be very explosive over the next day or two. Yeah. Well, see, even just what you're saying brings up for me is like, you need to have a a deep, cultivated, a deep sense of self-awareness to even be able to recognize that, let alone be able to communicate it to a partner. 100%. Right? So this would be like maybe phase two, right? Phase one, because I I like how you put it. So for the people who are listening, what is the first step? Yeah. So first step, and and I tried it, and it's very foreign to people to actually talk about the relationship. Right. And talk about insecurities in the relationship. Yeah. And not just go about the day just completely numb in the relationship. Yeah. If you want a relationship to succeed, you need to communicate. 100%. You know, and I'm no professional, but I really value working on this. Yeah. And what that looks like is creating some time in the week. Say, baby, Wednesday, you know, 8 p.m., you and I are going to have an hour where we sit down and I'm going to spend the first 15 minutes just expressing myself and you must just listen and then you can express yourself and I will listen. Mm. We cannot jump or interject. We cannot blame. You have to listen Mm. and repeat what your partner is saying to show that you're present with what they're saying. So this is a half an hour practice that you can do that will change your relationship indefinitely. Yes. Because you're actually listening to what your partner needs. Right. And again, it's not always easy for the man to really be vulnerable enough yes. to sit down and not be like, oh, no, 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 you're wrong. Yeah. Babe, you're wrong. Don't or try like to that. fix it. 100%, which yeah. is what we try to do yeah. through the story in our minds. Yeah. Right? By, no, 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 you're wrong. This is what it really means. Yes. So I would say that's the first step. So choose one, you know, half an hour a week where you guys actually sit and you divide the time equally yeah. and you just speak to each other. Yeah. You know, the other thing that just came up for me in that is that men who have trouble communicating or expressing themselves, this is such a powerful practice because when you, you say, okay, I'm going to speak for 15 minutute, they might speak for 30 seconds. You're just like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. You know, cause they're just skimming over the top. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to do this anymore. But when you commit to saying for 15 minutes, I'm going to express myself and you be silent, then you're sort of invited to, to go deeper. To, to go past your comfort zone. It's like, okay, I'm not going to speak for 15 minutes. You can be silent for a while, but you still have to be holding the floor and, and expressing yourself, right? So I've done this in groups where it's so powerful. So powerful. Where nobody, nobody speaks, it's you for 15 minutes, right? And what comes up, because you have, you're invited into that deep presence. It's mm-hmm. like even you can recognize, okay, I don't want to talk about that or I'm uncomfortable. And it's like, okay, well, now I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. And then it comes out and it's like, fuck, I'm so glad that came out. Now I understand it more fully. You know, it's like, oh my God, it's deep presencing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And yeah. it's to know that you're being heard. Yeah. It's like a to- the talking stick back and, in the tribes. Yeah. And supported and feel safe to be vulnerable in that situation is super important. Right. 100%. And that's what men's work does as well. Yeah, and, and when you're going through this process, just to remember that it's got to be with non-judgment. Totally. So to, for men specifically, speaking from my experience, yeah. I want to know that me telling you, babe, I'm extremely jealous of this one person in your life because yeah. he, he has you know, this, this energy that maybe I feel I don't have. Yeah. 
or he's exuding this presence that I feel I don't have. So I'm feeling insecure. Yeah. And every man feels it. For sure. 100% in many, many, many regards. And being able to express this to your partner and your partner going, thank you for expressing yourself, babe. I hear everything you're saying. Totally. And I want to let you know that you don't have to worry. Yeah. You know, and just doing that and not letting it build and then erupt yeah. into a wildness of, you know, fire yeah. is what ends up really hurting a relationship. Yeah. You know, and for me, this this is also another example. When you're communicating with your partner, when you're in a state of pain, mm. when you're in a state of I just don't feel myself. I feel fucked up. I feel like I can't express myself or I'm going to snap and I'm just not in that space. Take a breath. Mm. Take some time and mm. write her a letter. This yeah. is something I practice as well, which is in that time and space where I couldn't in any way, shape or form express myself verbally mm. or vocally, I wrote a letter to her let's just say an hour or two later or the next day, just expressing myself on how I feel. Mm. And would you give it to her? Yeah. So yeah. I'd give it to her. It would be text. Right. So not a physical letter, but like a text or right. like an email or something like that where I can actually go in fully and be super, super vulnerable. Yeah. And then I'll give it to her so she can read it. Yeah. And it's always received well. Yeah. Always. But I think the danger or the, the precaution in that is if you are in a triggered emotional state, it is a good idea to uh, either write it down now and then revisit it to see how it feels before you send it, right? Yes, yes, yes. You don't yes. want to send it in a triggered emotional state. No, never. <laughs> Always, thank you for, yeah. 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 yeah, never send anything when you're triggered. Yeah. Anytime, whether yeah. it's business or otherwise. Well, let's just define, what is triggered? What does it mean? Triggered for me, let's, let's, let's dive in. Mm. While the cutting in the metal in the background. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Triggered for me is something that someone says or does that activates a part of me that's insecure. Mm. I think that's the best way I can express it. And generally speaking, you know, we can dive into another topic if you want, which is navigating the spiritual woman, being in a conscious relationship. Mm. And what I hear is, you know, a lot of, I've had a lot of bros come to me like, dude, you know, I'm dating this woman and she's very spiritual and it's amazing. And we are triggering each other fucking left and right. Mm. She says something, I'm pissed off. I say something, she's pissed off. Mm. And But we still love each other. It's mm -hmm. still there. But it's constant triggering, mm -hmm. which means it's constant upheaval of emotion. Yeah. How do we navigate this? Yeah. You know? And it's just the sense of when you're having these, these deeper connections with your partner it ends up, we say it's like almost like a kind of a soul contract that you're with this person. Yes. It's the perfect mirror yeah. at the perfect time. Totally. I was to just going to say that. <laughs> to learn what you need to learn at yeah. that point in time or heal yes. what you need to heal at that point in time. Yeah. So it's going to be triggering. Yeah. When you're in this conscious relationship and you're wondering why the fucking passion is so much there, but you're triggering each other left and right. Yeah. It's, it's just going to be there. Yeah. The best way to do it, and I would say work through it, is communicating to each other. Yeah. One, which is going through the conscious communication once or twice a week, mm. not all the time, because mm. you don't want to make your entire relationship about, you know, yeah. communicating about triggers. Yeah. And then finding something light and fun to do in the relationship as well. Right. Something I learned. Yeah, good one. Which means 
it's important to talk and communicate about these situations because they're going to come up. Yeah. But at the same point in time, you want to make it light. Yeah. That means whatever's going to take you out of your heads and just make it fun and enjoyable together as a couple, I recommend doing that at least once a week. Yes. Totally. Because it's so easy. When you become more conscious and aware and conscious communication, what it looks like, mm. eventually you can, you know, paralysis through analysis, right? Yeah. You're just going to go, every fucking day is, I'm triggered. How do I do this? What is my process? How yeah. do I let it go? What is my release? My journal, my this, my that. And it becomes too much. Yes. You have to remember to keep the relationship light. Yes. Good one. Um, one thing I just want to add to that is, is how do you know when you're triggered? And for me, um, tuning into that embodiment we talked about earlier, the practice of embodiment really helps with it. Mm -hmm. So some of the indications when you're triggered, if you immediately have a reaction, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, yeah. you get hot, you know, you get like tension in your jaw, something, those are, um, physiological responses to some trigger that's going on, right? Oh, for sure. So if we're having a conversation, you know, in a relationship and it's starting to elevate and you can feel in your body that you know you're being triggered, yes. right? So that's the time to, and once, once both of us are triggered, nothing positive is going to come from that. No. <laughs> right? 100%. So um, having said that, if one of the partners can remain in higher self and not be triggered and allow the other person to be triggered, and just hold space for them to be triggered. That's a that's a very powerful thing and very beneficial. Yeah. But if you both are getting triggered at the same time, and then you're just going to dive into, it, and that's where it leads to arguments and yelling and screaming and breaking well, shit. It's also pretty hard um, to go, you know, have two people equally go, okay, cool. Someone's going to take the highest step. Yeah. And then essentially just say, okay, well, I'm not going to be triggered. Yeah. Right. But the idea behind that is, I think, you know, there could be a technique of if you both are triggered. Mm you have a word yeah. or a phrase that yeah. says, let's revisit this yeah. in an hour. Yeah, totally. So, you know, basically, let's stop the conversation. Yeah. Let's revisit this in an hour. Yeah. Because it's very hard to be like, okay, well, I've got to go through my emotional process to work through this. Yeah. And then eventually it becomes too much. Yeah. And then someone's going to snap. Yeah. So stop it immediately. Yeah. Interject and go, let's revisit this a little bit later. Yeah. And then you can come back when you're less triggered and just realize that it might've been something that was small. Yeah. Something that was just, that, that was a small trigger that you needed to express. Yeah. And then you can consciously communicate this to your partner, mm. openly, respectfully. Mm. And then, you're, you know, once you start communicating respectfully to your partner, then it's like the ball's rolling. Yes. Because then you're able to express how you're feeling respectfully. Yeah. Without being like, fuck you, this is how I feel. Yeah. You know, you know you're know, you a bitch or I'm a, I'm a this. Yeah. And then it always leads into, I don't feel safe when yeah. you're expressing yourself. Yeah, no, totally, totally. And the other thing to recognize, which I've learned, is that once we are triggered and we have that physiological response, it's basically a fight or flight response, right? Yeah. So we are adrenaline, blood goes to our extremities, we're fight or flight mode. If... The, the stimulus stops, so the threat goes away immediately. It takes a full 18 minutes for you to come back to homeostasis, to back really? to, yeah, minimum 18 minutes. So if that. all the triggers stop and all the stimuli stops, 18 minutes, wow. right? So if you're in a conversation and it's like, we're triggered, it's like, okay, we have to stop right now and it take at least 18 minutes 
away from each other or to settle back into homeostasis. Right? Well, that's perfect. So we call that sympathetic nervous system. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So when you're in that, I think, like you say, 18 minutes, that's perfect because yeah. it's a great way to go. Like if you both know yeah. that when you're triggered, it takes 18 minutes for, yeah. for it to go away. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. Now you have, you can quantify the trigger. Yeah. So immediately you're going, well, wait a minute. Okay, guys, half an hour. How about that? Yeah. Come back in half an hour. Yeah. Once everything's died down, let's revisit the situation. Totally. And to me, there's a template here. You can have a template in a relationship and a conscious communication template. Mm. It's, a, it's a very achievable thing mm. and subject, which is the work that we're doing. Yeah. And something I love like profusely, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, brother. Woo! Dude, dude, this is great. So awesome. Oh. We could go all day, I bet, man. Dude, I, so, like, I mean, we could go th th straight up like 100 points here. But. Yeah, totally. You got anything else that's uh, that's present for you you want to talk about? You know, I mean, we've, you know, we've, I think we've covered so beautifully. We have covered a lot. We've covered a lot. Yeah. And I think, you know, letting it open up and actually just talk about our own experiences. Yeah. Allows it to be a little bit more honest and open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what well, I mean? I want to kind of ask you a little bit more about the metaphysical. Like what, what, well, we talked about intuition earlier. And so in, what is intuition? And then what is the sort of connection to a higher power? You know, what, what is your view around that? Like one of the questions I like to ask my guests is around creativity. Uh, where does creativity come from? Mm -hmm. Is it some internal genesis or is it a connection with something higher? Is it a combination between the two? And so it, it, it relates to intuition and channeling. So mm -hmm. like. What is your relationship with God or source or higher power? What, how would you describe that? Great, great question. For me, you know, something I love, I love creatives for this reason. Mm. Um, they are able, in my opinion, so the, the idea is this, you know, they found some brain stem cells that are actually in your stomach. Right. You know, so the idea is when you go with that gut feeling, yeah. your intuition essentially, yeah. it's actually higher consciousness. Yes, or your, which your, is attached directly to your brain. 100%, which yeah. actually goes through your brain and attaches to the higher consciousness, which we call spirit. Right. But our, our source is our intuition, which right. means in our body, our, let's just say, you know, our beeper or our telephone would be our awareness, which mm. would be our intuition in mm. our stomach. Mm. So when I was a gut feeling, it's your first reaction. Yeah. And your first reaction to anything is generally speaking, always right, because yeah. that's your internal guidance system saying, yeah. pointing true north. This is what you should be doing, feeling, saying, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea behind that is you want to connect three points, in my opinion, that to your heart, to your mind, right. and then straight up. To internal source and the, the way i do that is i i just i breathe i mm. breathe and i feel and i ask a question and once i ask a question i feel it in my stomach mm. and then i shoot it straight up through my head and then to basically to this eternal source mm. as you would call god yeah and for me speaking it's you know it's a beautiful metaphysical thing that we talk about and a lot of creatives they would say and people that you know achieved incredible things yeah. say that it just came to them. Yeah, exactly. It channeled just, through them. It channeled through yeah. them. So this divine, beautiful source of energy actually used them as a channel yeah. in order to give their gift to the world. Yeah. And I would say those, they were just, you know, at that right point in time and open enough for source or spirit or God to channel through them. Mm, you just nailed it for me. And th this has happened to me uh, being a songwriter where songs come through me yeah. basically fully formed and I'm just a vehicle to express them into physical reality. So I just 
I write it down or I, yeah. I write it on the piano or the guitar. That's happened a number of times. It's a, but it's incredible, dude. It is incredible. If you speak to like, you know, the Einsteins and yeah. all of these, these, these people that have done such incredible stuff, yeah. you know what they say? There's like all these people that can smell notes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That they, they have such a, a higher awareness mm. and they say it comes to them. Yeah. They don't say they bring it up from somewhere. They it say comes through it them. It just comes through them. Yeah. Which is a fascinating concept. It is a fascinating concept. Absolutely. And it comes back to what we were talking about earlier about the distortion in your field. So one of the things I take my clients through, specifically my creative clients, is creating space and clarity in your creative channel, right? And so that means pushing out or clearing out all the distortion, all the noise, all the ego, all the patterns, all the stories, mm-hmm. all the unconscious beliefs, anything that's holding you back, uh, creating an obstacle between you and connection to higher being, be it your intuition or source or God or whatever yeah. it is, right? And so clearing out that stuff creates the space and the awareness and the presence for those intuitive hits for that creativity to come through you. A hundred percent. I mean, if you just look at it like, you know, a base of energy, you know, we're the conduit. Yeah. And the conduit starts, I would say, you know, we're grounding from Mother Nature, from Pachamama, all the way up, using our intuition, shooting straight up. Yeah. And the idea is, even with nutrition, keeping the vehicle clean. Totally. Yeah. So it's physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Yeah. Through all of the work, and the work that we're doing is mm. to basically clean the vehicle enough mm. to have source come in and you know direct its beautiful energy through us. Totally. Amazing. And the, the most beautiful thing about it is that everybody is available and, and um, everybody has the capacity to channel source energy, right? But it's up our responsibility to have that channel open and be present and aware for it to come through us. Yeah. And then what happens is that we are channeling it through our own unique lens, our own unique body, right? So even if the same impulse came to you as came to me, we would express it, we would manifest it differently, right? Which yeah. intrinsically makes the world a more beautiful place because the difference between us is what makes the richness of reality, right? And so um, being an open vessel, an open channel, and expressing yourself fully uniquely is your purpose mm-hmm. on the deepest level, right? Yeah. Just w- and that can manifest in numerous ways, in you know, numerous directions. Yeah. But keeping that channel open and being available and present and aware enough to to allow that uh, divine energy to move through you yeah. and then to express it without reservation is really what we're here for. For sure. You know, for me, I think one of our biggest one is one of our biggest goals mm. is to clear the lens. Yeah, exactly. So if I had to put it in like a, let's just say a picture format. So we have our beautiful soul yeah. unconditioned. We have the lens and yeah. which is the programming that we go through in yeah. this internal body yeah. and our projection onto the 3d world. hundred percent. So now what our goal is through the work that we're doing to remember and to clean the yes. slate constantly through the work and the medicine journeys and everything that we're doing yeah. is basically to try get our soul to project its authenticity Ooh. or its na- its complete untainted naturalness onto the earth. Ooh, beautiful! I you know love what I that. Mean? That's exactly. So it's almost it. like taking a squeegee and basically every yeah. time you're doing work, you're doing this. Yeah, cleaning and you're taking a, a few more bugs off. Yeah, and basically going, okay, cool. So the more light you can shine through the better yes oh dude beautiful 
I, I, that, that's it right there. That's it. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, one of, it's, uh-huh. it's, a, it's one of my favorite analogies, yeah, man. It's just, beautiful. It's, it's a very practical way. And, and I think you and I both like this is we like to make it practically available. Totally. That's what means, this podcast is all about. What's the practical way people can access this stuff? A hundred percent. So we, yeah, I think we can go in and talk about a lot of things, but you know, at the end of the day, if we can make it practical and tangible, yeah. we make it more accessible. Yeah. And that's where change, really real change comes in the world. Is Hell people yeah, are doing this work. Oh, so awesome, dude. <sighs> Thank you so much for your time, Kyle Mitri. pleasure, wow. Patty Cook. A um, couple of questions just to wrap up. Are there any books that you've read recently or you could recommend to the audience that might uh, serve on this path? Um, definitely. Um, so for me, I actually just wrote them down yesterday. The three books that really started my process was mm. The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Ooh, I haven't read that one. I heard it's great. It's good. Like yeah. Robin Sharma, he, you know, the way he puts his his analogies and the way he writes to me is beautiful. Yeah. Same as The Alchemist. Yes. Beautiful. Think and Grow Rich. Right. It's another great one. And then I'm actually, I'm doing this uh, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Okay. um, Which is another one. Um, I'm starting The Power of Now in the next couple of days. Oh, have you read it before? I haven't read The Power of Now. Oh my God. It's a life changer for me. Do you know what I started before was The New Earth. Yes. Right. uh, Which was potent yes. and i had to reread each page like five times dude i've read the power of now probably four times now and actually i read it the first time i got to costa rica it was the first book i read here and it was like game changer game changer like the the teacher arrive when the student is ready right yeah. and i was like oh my god it's so powerful highly recommend that book yeah amazing all right last question if you were to take all of your wisdom all of your knowledge all of experience and boil it down into one sentence what would it be Hmm. to know and not to do is not to know Ooh. 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 boom just gonna leave it boom. at that boom. drop that shit <laughs> mic drop peace kyle mitri thank you so much brother this thank has you, been brother. incredible tell people where they can find you online um, so you could just go to my Instagram handle, which okay. is just kyle.mitri, M-I-T-R-I. And then, yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. And we could just dive into a quick call. So awesome. just reach out to me. Okay, wicked. I'll put all that in the show notes. Brother, okay. I love you. Thank you. Love you too, brother. All right. Have Peace. a good day. Peace. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.